Support for The Real Pink Podcast comes from Merck. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Welcome to the Komen Health Equity Revolution podcast series. Each month, we invite in patients, community organizations, healthcare partners, researchers, and policy advocates to discuss strategies and solutions that drive the health equity revolution forward for multiple populations experiencing breast health inequities. Happy Pride Month, everyone. We know that early detection of breast cancer can save lives. Although screening mammography rates for lesbian and bisexual women are similar to rates for heterosexual women, some lesbian and bisexual women may still not get regular mammograms. This may be due to lack of health insurance, a perceived low risk of breast cancer, or concern due to past experiences of discrimination or insensitivity from doctors. These and other barriers make screening mammograms even more important. In today's episode, Nancy, a stage one triple negative breast cancer survivor, and her wife, Viviana, talk about the importance of breast cancer screening, how it impacted Nancy's breast cancer diagnosis, and the role of family history in the future of their health. Nancy and Viviana, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having us. Well, it's so nice to meet both of you. I'm really excited to talk to you about this. Uh, Nancy, let's start with you. You learned of your diagnosis from a regular screening mammogram. Uh, Tell us your story. Tell us about your cancer experience. Well, um, I learned about uh, getting my screening because my mom had actually passed away from breast cancer. She waited a little too long. Uh, By the time she actually found out she had breast cancer, she was already at stage four. She did go through chemo and radiation and twice. And so unfortunately, I mean, it worked the first time. The second time it came back and, you know, unfortunately she passed away from it. But even before my mom had passed away from breast cancer, she had a sister as well who had breast cancer and she actually had her breast cancer. I know it was like in her early 40s. So we kind of, when my mom ended up having breast cancer, we were like, okay, this is, this has to be more than, you know, a coincidence that her sister had it, my aunt had it, and then my mom had it. And they actually had it at a young age. My mom was 48 when she was diagnosed and she ended up passing away when she was 51. So when my mom passed away, um, I actually was referred from my gynecologist to to actually get the BRCA gene to uh, see the screening to see if I had BRCA gene. So I, I got tested for it and it did come back that I, I have the BRCA gene, you know, for the cancers. And so my siblings, my sisters, they also had screening and they had the BRCA gene as well. So as soon as we found out, well, my older sister, she had done her preventative measures so she had her double mastectomy and then I know she had a, a hysterectomy or total hysterectomy. So I kind of delayed my uh, total hysterectomy because I was, I was like scared. It's, it's kind of like you're scared of the unknown because it's like you're, these are your organs or your parts that you feel like make you a woman. And if they're being taken away, it's like, I, this is the way I felt like if I was going to be less of a woman or it's just more the unknown. So I did delay my total hysterectomy. I ended up having my total hysterectomy two years ago. 
And when my mom passed away, I was already starting to have my uh, mammograms every six months just to make sure everything was okay. After my total hysterectomy, we had the process or we were already speaking to plastic surgeons, like, because I was already going to go through the process of getting my double mastectomy just as a preventative measure. Yeah. Last year in April, I had my mammogram and the, by the end of April is when they had called me back because they had found something. And that's when I had a, what was it? You had a biopsy. And then on May 5th, you were diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes. So I had my mammogram and then my, um, my ultrasound, when I had my ultrasound, they had asked if I wanted to wait, um, six months and just keep an eye on it. But because of my family history, I was there. It made no sense to do that. So I had my, my biopsy and that's when it came back that, um, I was at stage one, uh, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it, everything went by so fast. Like April's when I found out May is when, or no, May is, uh, May 5th was when I was diagnosed and, uh, May 26th was when I had my, had my double mastectomy. So, I mean, mm-hmm. everything was, was super fast. And then after that is when I started having my uh, what was it, my chemo, your chemo treatment, chemo, chemotherapy treatments. Hmm. Wow, that, that does sound incredibly fast. So let, let's talk about your community for a minute. Um, in the Latino community, as well as in the Black community, breast health may not be talked about as much as in other as much as other health issues. But breast cancer does run in your family, like you talked mm-hmm. about. So how has that changed how you and your family talk about breast health or about health in general? I mean, because we know that it it's it's like a genetic thing that runs in our family. So, I mean, I know, well, my older sister, she already did her preventative measures. Some of my younger mm-hmm. sisters, I know one of them, I believe she already had her. Yes, yeah, she did. She had her double mastectomy. So it's like we're we're pretty open and we try not to brush it off because we know you know what what happens or what can happen so it's better Mm. just to be preventative and and do what we have to do yeah that's great that's great so so viviana let's talk about you for a minute so how has nancy's diagnosis affected how you look at your own breast health and how does that impact the conversations you have with with your family about breast health um and honestly i'm older than her so i've been getting um my breast screen, um, even while being in the service. So, so it's not really taboo per se. I mean, we have them, we need to get them checked. So we're pretty much open, uh-huh. even with my family. I mean, I don't, I don't have any sisters, even at a younger age. My mom has always told me, you know, Hey, make sure you take care of yourself. You know, this, these are the things that could happen. And my mom didn't have breast cancer, but she did have nodules and she did have biopsies. I believe in her forties. So, you know, it, it's, it's never been, it's never been brushed under the rug. It's always been very open. So, you know, so we, I've always taken my preventative measures as well in getting screened. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, we actually had a, we've had to schedule an appointment already because of course the VA told me, Hey, it's time. You, you got to go get checked. And I'm like, absolutely. So. That's good. That's good. So, uh, so then this next question is to either of you. Um, and, and please and answer to whatever depth you're comfortable. But do you mind me asking, how did this diagnosis impact your relationship as a couple? 
if anything, I believe it's actually brought us closer. Not that we weren't ever close because we were, but I, I think back to this, it, it made us closer in different aspects, whether it, it be um, spiritually, mentally, even physically, um, because she did go through so many changes, you know, just body altercations, you know, like she said, you know, having these things removed, you know, making her feel like she may be less of, of, of a woman. And so on my end, it's letting her know, hey, regardless of you having your breasts or not, that doesn't identify you as an individual. It, it just makes you even more beautiful because of the things that you've gone through. So I think in that sense, it's just made us closer in that aspect. Nancy, anything you want to add to that? I'm like, oh, try not to cry. But um, I just... I appreciate so much, like just the little things that she would do for me. Like it, it certain things that I wasn't able to do for myself. Like she was just on top of everything. So it's like, I, now that I'm, I'm getting better. It's like, I try to do as much as I can for my wife as, as she does for me. And it's like, I just appreciate everything she's done. Like, She's done so much and she, sometimes she doesn't see it, but I'm just like, babe, you, you do a lot. She, she's been my, my biggest advocate. Like there's like mm. certain things I wasn't able to do. And she was right there for me. I mean, Viviana, you do seem pretty amazing because you've got all the details like right oh, there, yeah. that whole, you know, you know, the whole history, all the dates. I mean, you've got it all, all squared away. Yeah. So um, I love that. I love that. And, and so uh, it's so inspiring. Your, you know, your, your answer there is so inspiring. So let's talk a little bit about the, the LGBTQ plus community. Um, in the LGBTQ plus community, it can be difficult to find culturally responsive providers who understand how to support you as a member of that community. Um, how did you go about finding breast health care providers that would be culturally sensitive? Well, the providers that I had my breast doctor i had see, i've been seeing her for for years so thankfully i haven't ran into any issues like i mean normally when i would go to my appointments of course my wife would always be there with me and they would ask like oh who's this and i would introduce her and oh this is my wife and that would pretty much be it like we've been very lucky i'm very thankful that i've had the providers that have been assigned to me because I haven't had any issues at all with any of them. Like they've been any, any questions we had, they were quick to answer my wife. Of course, she would want to get her printouts because she wanted to read everything about what treatments I was getting, what medication they were giving me. And I mean, it, they wouldn't think that she would read them, I think. So when she would, we would come back to our appointments, they would be kind of like surprised of, I think they would be like surprised how much she actually did know because I mean, I kid you not, she was like on top of everything. Yeah, the providers we've had, like been they've been they've been great. They've been very great with us. They've never they've never like segregated or, or that that was ever really never brought up. I mean, it was just more like, Oh, who's this? Because, I mean, you go to any appointment and you bring someone along with you and they and the other person wants to go in with you, they're gonna just want to identify because you know, the whole HIPAA aspect. But um they it's not even a bit an issue it's just more of like oh she's your wife okay cool come on let's go you know and and they would address me as wife or or by my first name so it it never felt awkward you know from her male doctors to her female doctors to nurses like we've 
we've been treated as, I guess, as any other person. I mean, from our experience. I love that. I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that that's been your experience and, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. So that's great. And, and you, again, sound amazing with the details. Like, oh my gosh, like I wish everybody could, could have somebody like you sitting there, there with them in their appointments because that's what, that's what, you know, people need. They need that support. So, so last question then, and, and, and maybe a little more broadly, what would you say to encourage in, any other Latinas, uh, especially anyone who's nervous about getting a screening mammogram? I mean, if you need someone to, I mean, of course, when you're getting the mammogram, you can't have another person with you in there, but just to have a, a, a friend or a family member just go with you and they could sit in the waiting room or wait for you outside. Just don't wait at off. Like, I understand it. it is, well, I'm not getting them anymore, but they do, it, it hurts or it's uncomfortable, but it's just for, for a few seconds or for a minute, but a few minutes of discomfort discomfort can save your life yes you know i mean as i mean as beautiful as boobs are they can kill you in all honesty just get it checked have a support group um mm -hmm. don't let it be taboo i mean th there's obviously the rate is rising i would say for breast cancer you know when i've done my research and just reading about it but it, it could really save your life and and mm. And as far as like, if people are worried about insurances, I mean, there's other subsidies out there. You know, there, there's so many things out there for women to help offset the costs of getting a mammogram. And believe it or not, so there are a lot that will actually accept payments. You know, you don't have to fork it out all at once and stuff. And so I, I would say just make sure you get it done. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, look into your family history, talk to your parents and stuff, whether it be your father's side or mother's side, just to see what line of history cancer does not discriminate. They don't care about your sex, your yeah. origin, you know, um, your sexual orientation. It, it, it's there. So, mm. yeah, that's right. Well, Nancy, uh, Viviana, you are an inspiration of a married couple. Uh, Nancy, thank you for just sharing your story with us today. Uh, Viviana, thank you for just being you, which is obviously pretty amazing. Oh, thank so, uh, thank you. Thank you both for joining us on the show today. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yes, absolutely. If you or someone you love listening to this episode needs to schedule a breast cancer screening, call the Komen Breast Care Helpline at 1-877-GO-KOMEN. Support for Spanish speakers is also available. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Komen Health Equity Revolution podcast series. We will continue to galvanize the breast cancer community to support multiple populations experiencing breast health inequities to advance and achieve breast health equity for all. To learn more about health equity at Komen, please visit komen.org forward slash health equity. Thanks to Merck for supporting The Real Pink Podcast. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.